Recording. Welcome to Filmcraft. The podcast where we talk about films and craft. Shall we commence? Yes, please. Commencing in three. Two. One. Filmcraft. Commence. (laughs) How's it going, guys? Uh, I'm pretty fucking excited right now. Also, I realize we swear a lot on this podcast right. for a podcast about filmmaking. Like, we don't hold back. Yeah, I think we, it, you, when you get really passionate about something, it just comes out in your language. Mm-hmm. It's not, not like you're trying to be vulgar. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, I I didn't grow up around, like, my family's super not... Uh, sweary. Not sweary and not yelly. Mm-hmm. No drinky. Yeah. So... <laughs> it just kind of came out through uh, being in the outside world. Yeah, fair enough. So yeah, uh, this is, I guess, our first real episode about our new movie. We hopefully will have announced the announcement episode, <laughs> or released the announcement episode. We don't want to mimic every single episode that we did with Party Stories, just because we don't want to tread the same water, but this was different enough that we feel we could do a whole another episode on writing and pitching and you guys can get a lot more from it. So in terms of pitching, um, it actually did go down fairly similar to Party Stories. We were editing Party Stories. Yeah. It was something I, this idea was something I've been thinking of for months. And as I've said in the podcast before, mm-hmm. I like to kind of forget my ideas. And then if they keep coming back to me, I know it's something to explore. This was one of said ideas. And right when we started editing, actually even a little bit before I shot Party Stories, I was kind of thinking about it. Then I got married in May, so I had said, if I'm still thinking about this idea when I get back from my wedding, then it feels like it could be the next project and I'll pitch it to Latif. Mm-hmm. So I did. Yeah. And it was kind of... Well, I mean, you, you received it well, but it was kind of strange in the sense that, like, we're balls deep in a movie already. <laughs> we are like in the thick of editing. So when I pitched it to you, what was your reaction in terms of, were you like, oh yeah, that sounds cool. Or were you like, dude, could you just like, let me finish this one before we get to the next? <laughs> well, I was just surprised you had an idea for your next film already mm-hmm. uh, in the works. So when you told me the idea, I thought about it for a moment and yeah. And I, I, you asked me if I wanted to co-write and direct with you. Yeah, yeah. And then I said, I don't think I would co-direct it with you. Because mm-hmm. I wasn't sure I was ready to direct something if I wasn't 100% like for the idea. But mm-hmm. I said I'd co-write it with you. Yeah. Which is something I, I could definitely see myself doing. Because you, have to, you can step away once the writing is done. Yeah. Uh, but if you co-write and direct, you're like in it for like a pretty long time yeah so it was like a matter of how much time do I have to put into this for the next two years kind of thing yeah because like when especially when you it would be my directorial debut Mm -hmm. and at that it it wasn't an idea that stemmed from my brain and I feel like for my first film it needs to be something that comes like straight from me yeah totally Um, so uh, I wanted to work on it with you because I like the idea, but I didn't want to mm-hmm. jump jump on as that role. But yeah, that's fair. Yeah, co-writing was a very awesome experience. Yeah. yeah. So basically, I pitched this to Latif, and I don't think we'll say what it's about yet. Mm-hmm. We'll keep that in the back burner for now. But pitched it to him, and then it's like it's about a space turtle. Ah, oh, goddamn! <laughs> Sorry, I feel like they need to know. 
river that movie would be like. Single mother space turtle. She's <laughs> only son. <laughs> Who is half turtle? Who's half turtle? <laughs> space turtle. We should we should write that as a joke one day. But anyways, uh, yeah. So pitch it to him. You like the idea, and then it's like, yeah, let's co-write this, which is the first time. Latif and I have talked about co-writing before, but this yeah. is the first time it's actually come into action. So. I had a very, very rough outline. I said, here's the setup, here's roughly what we see in the two acts, and this is how it ends. And all that was, what, three sentences? Like, it's not like I had a whole lot. It was like, here's your first act in one sentence, here's your second act in one sentence, here's your finale in one sentence. Yeah. And then from there, we decided, just based off the kind of story it was, that we should cast... There's two lead actors. Mm-hmm. We should cast these two because they're so crucial to the story that we want them to be a part of it even before we write the first draft. Right. So we met with a whole bunch of people. Uh, more actresses. Yeah, more actresses than actors. Yeah, but met with a lot of people, found the people that just felt very, very right for it, and then we started breaking story and even when we were breaking story, we kept these actors in the loop about it. We said, here's what we're thinking. Um, When we got a couple more specific beats, we'd send it to them and be like, this is what we're thinking. And we would always constantly use their input to the point where, you know, the fifth draft is almost done and it's been like that the entire time, which I think is something that's been very, very beneficial for this. So tell them a little bit about breaking story together. Uh, yeah, it started with Matt telling me the reason why he wanted to make the film, mm-hmm. and it's really because, like, in the genre, there's a lot of very conventional, like, standard, boring ways to do it, Yeah. and we wanted to kind of flip it on its head and, and do something with an ending that wouldn't be so expected. Yeah. Um, but throughout the story, you have similar beats where you have moments that feel like they belong there Mm -hmm. but doesn't all necessarily tie up to like a happy ending yeah and with the thing we're doing um there's there's been a lot of attempts at it and i think a lot of them fall really really flat in the sense that they aren't quite super they're not human you know they're not Mm -hmm. grounded so when i pitched it to you i was like you know i think we have this really good opportunity to go in it is somewhat of a similar story to what you've seen before, but the execution of what we're going to do is so much different mm-hmm. than what has been done. That's what makes it interesting, which you can say with a lot of things, you know. You could say, um, you know, I want to do Star Wars the, back in 80s uh, or 78 or whatever, and people could be like, oh, you're just ripping off this, this, and that. Like, you know, everything mm-hmm. kind of stems from, you know, Another five thing. stories roughly, but... It was the execution that made this one special. So when we got into breaking down the story, we had talked about it for, when we read our first draft in September, I pitched it to you in May. We wrote it in like a month and a half. Yeah. So even before we got to physical writing, we'd been breaking story and talking about it and meeting with actors and actresses and casting around it for three months. Yeah. So in there, there was a very large amount of time where we just played, you know? And that was kind of the idea with casting so early. It was, 
we have our skeleton of a movie. We don't have beats. Yeah. We don't have anything. Let's get these actors and actresses that really represent and embody what we're going to do. And yeah. then let's find it all together. So yeah. it was a lot of like, let's just throw shit at the wall and see how it sticks. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So when it came down to me and you sitting in a room and breaking story, because at the end of the day, it was me and you that did the story with the input from the <laughs> actors. How much of it would you say we had broken versus needed to break on that first, like, we're doing cue cards, we're putting a story on a board? How much of it was done versus needed to be discovered still? I mean, by the time we actually started writing, we had all of the moments in the film already planned out. Because I remember we... Well, I mean, for breaking story, remember when we did the board? Like, we did those uh, cue cards and everything? Oh, you mean how much of that was, like, yeah. planned out? I would say like twenty percent, maybe. Yeah, we had like like there's the key beats we wanted to accomplish mm-hmm. in the film, and we had that planned out. Yeah. But then it was all about how does this lead to this? Yeah. Do we need another scene here? Mm-hmm. And and that conversation was basically everything we did before we started writing. So I mm-hmm. I think any ideas that I came up with, especially because something I was just obsessed with in the writing process was just to really nail human behavior. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that a lot. What I, what I mean is the way uh, men and women interact when it comes to dating and relationships, mm-hmm. especially in the early stages, I find it fascinating. Mm-hmm. And especially now with, with the change in technology, it does have an effect on how we interact with each other. Mm-hmm. And, and one thing was uh, the way we use technology to court Interact. another person. Yeah. yeah. It, it really has an effect on our, our psychology and, and mm-hmm. like our confidence in a way. Oh, yeah? So that was something I, I wanted to focus on. So every scene that I pitched to you was like, hey, I really like the idea of this person and this person um, kind of go having a back and forth, but maybe we can do it. Yeah, it was really unique in the sense that like we... So if you haven't figured out by now, there's a little bit of relationship stuff in this movie. Yeah. Um, we really made technology a character. Like, it's very much in the forefront of a lot of this movie, right? Um, I think I'd say you wouldn't have, like, what happens in the film wouldn't happen if technology wasn't present. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a very real. It's it's a huge tool. Yeah. In the film that we use to to get a result we want. Mm-hmm. That's very, I think, realistic. Yeah. So I think technology is like, uh, it makes the film definitely what it is. Like without having the aspects we did. Yeah. Because um, we, you know, especially now, we have to pay attention to how technology changes everything. Yeah. It's not like it's going away. Yeah. So, how does that have an effect on people? Mm-hmm. And and not in like a oh my god, technology is evil. Let's make a film and demonize it. <laughs> I'm super not that way. No, it's just a tool that people use every day. Yeah. So if we have people in our movie, which is set in current day, they're yeah. going to use it. Yeah, and how does it affect them? So that mm-hmm. was a huge part in the story. And we discussed how how your phone could have an effect on on that process of like yeah. dating and courting someone. Mm. And uh, we were very conscious of adding scenes and moments that um, integrated that mm-hmm. instead of trying to like how do we make sure they don't use technology? It was more like, how do we use it properly that seems realistic? Yeah, a big, I remember like when we first started talking about it, one of the words we threw around a lot was organic. 
and like it had to feel like this is just the way people use technology this is just the way the world works now mm -hmm. so not looking at it is in terms of uh, we have the scene and we don't know how to merge to the next scene technology <laughs> and we just throw it in there as exactly. like a you know, something to bail us out. It has to be very organic, very grounded, or else people are just going to look at it and be like, that's not how that works. Exactly. What the fuck is this? Yeah. So yeah, being organic was very, very important. Um, how long would you say we took to break the story, like, until we had all of our cue cards, from when we had our first sit-down at my place to when we said, okay, we're done, sort of, or uh, outlining, we can go right. I think it took us like over a month. Yeah, I would say like four to six weeks or something. Yeah, and it was like four to six, not like four to six weeks straight, but within that time we had like, what, six, seven meetings? Yeah, and yeah, the thing here too is like, keep in mind, we both have full-time jobs. This isn't Latif and I in a room eight hours a day. This is like, okay, you know, life permits us to meet up for a couple hours this day. Yeah, like we didn't pour like every minute into it like it, yeah. we have to we have to schedule like over a month and a half we figured it all out yeah but like in real time it probably took us like 20 hours yeah I'd say 20-30 yeah yeah because at the same time we're making money to make this movie <laughs> exactly yeah so about a month month and a half yeah before we got ready to actually write the script mm -hmm. and then so for this one, we did the beat sheet. We did the you know board with all of our cue cards that had every single beat attached to it. I remember we went pretty minimal with those cue cards. Like there, I've seen a few boards like that where every single scene will have like a plus or a minus indicating if your um, emotional attachment to the story is changed in a positive or negative way. They'll have like all kinds of little things. We were just like yeah. yeah character does this next scene characters do that it, it was definitely a, like a little bit of a milkshake because we're smoothie no it's definitely uh that ice cream that homer eats where it's like three flavors because i'm super like i hate when i write i hate to structure things and I yeah all that stuff but i know you like to have a little bit of a plan before you jump into it yeah totally so we mixed that and um it was like, let's plan these things, mm -hmm. let's not go too crazy. Yeah. And that kind of ended up our process. So yeah. we'd write down the scene on each card mm -hmm. and the characters and what happens, and that would be it. Yeah, I think we like talked a little bit uh, about each card. Like, in this scene, they'll talk about something like this, but it wasn't like... Here's 20 lines of dialogue. You need to incorporate this into the scene when you write yeah. it. Like, I think we left each other quite a bit of leeway. Yeah, like we use those little like white cue cards that are like cell phone sized, right? Yeah. And then we just put those on a cork board. Yeah, I think 20 or something. still have a picture. It was more than 20. I think it was like 32 or something like that. Oh, it was 20. It was exactly 20. I knew it. Man, look at this. Look how much the story's changed since then. Um, we're going to read one of the cards. What does it say there? Hold on, we gotta make sure we, we read the right one. What the hell's that say? <laughs> Juliet and her friend talk. Yeah, okay, see? <laughs> like, that's all it says. Like, like, one of our cue cards was Juliet and her friend talk. That's it. <laughs> but that's enough for us to know what we should be writing. Yeah, like, I think from there. we had a general idea of 
they're going to talk, it's going to be something along the lines of blank. Yeah. So we had an idea, but we didn't really put that into the card. No. Like, I think we both knew enough of what should happen that we could, we just needed a reminder yeah. of what it was about. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, there was, there's no point where it's like, what was that scene? Like, we both were pretty on top of what was happening. Yep. And it was just to guide us through the actual structure and the plot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so then we got to the point where, you know, we had uh, 20 cue cards up there, and it was like, I can't think of anything else to add to this. Then we started picking them off, and you taking some, and I take and Yep. Then. Yeah, exactly. So we knew, it's like, okay, we don't have much to add to this, it's time to write a draft. And then for the co-writing, we decided we didn't want to be yeah. in the same room the entire yeah. time, looking over each other's shoulders. We'd take the scenes we wanted to write. Yeah, so we divide them up, I write 10, the chief writes 10. Yeah. And then how we did that was basically we just looked at the board and I was like, it'd be cool if I wrote this scene. And you're like, I want that one. Yeah. And I'd be like, I don't know if I can write this scene, so you take that. Yeah. We just divided them up. Like, However, yeah. there was a few that when we pitched the idea, um, like you'd pitch and be like, oh man, I, that's, I'm writing that scene. And yeah. I'd be like, yeah, totally, go ahead. We knew which scenes we wanted. Yeah, and for the ones that we just collectively thought of whether it be with me and Latif or me, Latif and the actors, um, we'd just be like, you want this one or should I take that one? Yeah. yeah. And the, there was never a moment where I was like, I don't want this scene. <laughs> and then you're like, I don't want it either. <laughs> so there's always like, I think a reason, even if it wasn't your favorite scene, why you think you could write it. Yeah. And they all kind of ended up where they should be. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it kind of panned out very smoothly. Yeah. And in terms of writing, like... What's your style for deadlines? I'm a big deadline guy. I like to be, you know, I can have this done in two weeks. And I don't care if, like, I'm killing myself doing it. If I say two weeks, I'm doing it in two weeks. What, I, what's your style? I like, well, when I write for myself, I don't have deadlines. Mm-hmm. I just kind of write it and then figure it out and yeah. when, when it's ready. Um, but the problem with that is it could take a long time to write a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but the, the good thing is when someone else gives me a deadline, mm-hmm. I usually have no problem because mm-hmm. now I'm accountable to someone else. Um, but if I give myself a deadline, I won't fucking follow up. <laughs> if I'm like, let's well, finish it in a week. In a week, I'll be like, I'll finish it in another week. <laughs> but if you're like, hey, we, we should have like a draft done by... August 7th mm. then I'd have something on August 7th yeah even if it meant I wrote all of it on August 6th <laughs> yeah but you actually did do a little bit for this one. Oh yeah no that's totally not right. all of it but I think yeah, a I couple think I wrote, scenes I wrote like four scenes the day before mm-hmm. it was finished and you know what's crazy like with writing you can put as much planning into it as much forethought and then sometimes those scenes that you just bang out are yeah. like keepers to the point where I'm almost done the fifth draft now, and some of those scenes you wrote on the last day are still in there. <laughs> I know. Like, they're exactly like as yeah. we had them. And yeah, it's crazy. Like sometimes they just turn out really well. You have something with uh, someone tries to open a door in this one. And I remember we didn't really talk about that oh, great scene. in planning. <laughs> yeah, and then you sent it to me, and I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> and it's still in there today. I think I like changed it the tiniest bit but if you were yeah. to go back and look at what it is now to what you wrote it's pretty damn similar <laughs> yeah and that's the thing like with writing process like i can get into the weeds about the process for myself i if i know what the scene is mm-hmm. then i just kind of feel my way through it like i don't do too much planning 
Um, I need to know what the scene ha- is about and what yeah. happens in yeah. it and why it happens. And I'm always trying to push the stakes of the scene. Mm-hmm. But uh, if if the day we divided scenes and you gave me something I didn't want to write, mm-hmm. I thought I'd have a really hard time writing that scene. Yeah, that's but, fair. But because I chose all the scenes I was excited about, the process wasn't difficult. Mm-hmm. Like at no point, actually, there's only one scene which I, which was a little tough for me to write. Cause can I was you like, say it without spoilers? Uh, you can say it. We'll cut it out in editing if we need to. Yeah, like uh, just for people listening, the scene I had trouble with was when the two characters uh, go shopping together, and mm-hmm. something had to happen. And I just wasn't sure what had to happen. I was mm-hmm. like, it's yeah. not a very exciting thing they're doing, but how do we make the interaction between them exciting? Yeah. And then I came up with an idea, mm-hmm. and it's still in the script as it is. It's the mo- the weirdest, like, most it's super weird. left field thing that just works. And we've had two table reads at this point. Yeah. Every time that part comes up, it just slays. <laughs> Everyone laughs, and then I kind of wince. I'm like... I can't believe people like that. <laughs> it's not that I hate it, but I'm just like, holy crap, I can't believe that You worked. pulled it out of your ass? I super pulled it out of my ass. <laughs> um, I wasn't like, it wasn't like I just gave up and put it in. I was like, this is really weird, but maybe it'll work. Mm-hmm. And it ended up working. So. Yeah, it involves a character that, let's call him a one-scene character. Yeah. And like, everyone just loved it to the point where last week I was like, Latif, guess who's playing this character? You remember this? Yeah, and you said I was playing the character. Yeah, you're playing the character. There's a lot of sold on that. You're doing it. Because I have, I have like some friends that might actually be able to come through and just No, like, no, you're doing it. I, like, I might do a really bad performance. Not yeah. on purpose, just like accidentally. Okay, I'll direct you. I'll just like, I'll bring a whip or a taser and I'll give you some encouragement. <laughs> That's not how I direct, by the way. In visual effects, I just change it. You're like, what the? <laughs> I put you in the scene, you're like, how'd you do that? <laughs> I'm the editor. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> yeah, so then we, um, yeah, we went our separate ways. We wrote, I think I gave us four weeks to do the first draft. Mm-hmm. And then um, you sent me over all your scenes. I didn't really change anything other than, like, molding one into another, like, you know, a little transition or, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing, nothing huge on the first draft, just making it like one. Um, and then we sent it out to our actors, which at that point we only had two cast, but you know, the yeah. most important two, but still. And then we got everyone's notes. Um, I put it away for a month, and then that was a month when I watched all those reference movies. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah, so before this, even right into the casting process, we we would go in and say, this is what we're thinking. Here's the story that we have uh, laid out before us. And people would just say, oh yeah, you know, I can kind of see some of this movie in that part or some of this movie in that part. And I just wrote down all of those. And then at the end of the first draft, I said, what are some movies that you think bear some similarities to us? And I'm going to watch them all. So I watched a month of reference movies. And when I say this, it's not, I watched a movie, the end. It's I studied movies. Yeah. Everyone on that list, I had my computer out, I would watch it, I would pause it, I'd take notes, I'd say what I liked about it in this writing style, directing, music, anything that can help us out, finding some inspiration, if you will. So like I studied these movies, I probably got a dozen into me, I think, mm-hmm. which, you know, keep in mind, I say 
I watched a reference movie. Say the reference movie's two hours, I probably like. It probably took me five and a half hours to watch it because I'd watch pause twenty it. minutes. I would pause it. I would study that scene, write down what I liked, write down what I didn't like, and at that same, uh, on that same note, we intentionally put some bad movies along the same lines of what we're doing on there to study them and be like, this is why this movie sucked, and it's things that we can't replicate. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in there there was probably you know, sixty-ish hours of studying similar movies. Um, yeah. Compiled all the notes from everyone, myself included, ways we think we can make it better, um, references, and then just started rewriting. And other than the reference movies, it's largely been that for the other rewrites too. Just like do the rewrite, um, get it out, send it to the actors, see what they think of it, put it away for you know a couple weeks. We don't really have that much time. We're we're going towards shooting pretty fast. Yeah. Put it away for a couple weeks, just study some notes, then go back into it with a somewhat fresh perspective and bang on another draft. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was like a year from the idea spawning. Yeah, from now. From, from now, yeah. yeah. So it's like a year of developing the whole project mm-hmm. and, and some pre-production. and. Yeah, we're... Yeah. Man, pre-production's going to be in a couple weeks. Yeah, like actual reproduction. Yeah, like actual reproduction. Yeah, maybe three or four weeks. Yeah, so yeah, the writing process was was lengthy, but definitely mm-hmm. worth it. Oh yeah, and uh, well, let's take a second to talk about how much it changed during drafts. So we had our first draft, and then we won't go draft by draft, but how, how would you compare the first draft to what we have now? Uh, way tighter for sure, because mm-hmm. we got a lot of got rid of a lot of things that weren't necessary and we also Mm -hmm. started to mold the characters to become more clear and concise Mm -hmm. so they didn't just feel like an idea of a person they started to become like more dynamic yeah totally because like a lot of the times a character will will, like you'll as a writer you'll understand why this character is there Mm -hmm. in your head and it'll feel right but on paper it doesn't quite turn into what you want it to. Yeah, and in the first draft, we had a major character do that. Um, we had, and I still maintain, that's a really good idea for the character, how he was in the first draft. Mm. I think that character is extraordinarily hard to pull off on screen. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's changed quite a bit. But having said that, the way he's changed, I think, is for the better, and he's really become, you know, a full-fledged, well-rounded character. Yeah. And that's a lesson that I think every writer should fully embrace is changing something. Like, if you keep getting a note of this character's not quite doing it, and you feel in your heart that it's not doing it for you too, like, as much as it might suck, just delete them, or, like, rip out an essential part of them, and then build them back up with another, you know, core set of values or ideas or something. So, for instance, like, the first draft we had was what? 89 pages I think mm-hmm. yeah um, I did the rewrite the first rewrite and I think I deleted 40-45 pages yeah it was pretty it was a lot of stuff I deleted and then wrote another 70 and then just kept doing that like it, it gets less every draft so like I think this most recent draft I probably deleted 15-20 pages yeah and then wrote you know a, a similar page number um but yeah you're going to delete a lot. You're going to delete movies and movies worth of stuff that just isn't what you need to tell your movie, even if it is good stuff. Like, we've had some stuff that 
pains me to <laughs> to acknowledge that it doesn't have a place in our movie, but yeah. you got to do what's best for the movie at the end of the day. And you know, page count we went from the first draft of being eighty nine pages, and right now we're sitting at one hundred nineteen. Yeah. So considering you know, I probably deleted one hundred and thirty pages of script. Yeah. <laughs> You're looking at a couple hundred pages. Easy, 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 easy. Yeah, well, if you're doing like a, a heavy rewrite. Yeah, I was, sorry, this is through the process of like the whole thing, not yeah. a singular rewrite. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because some people might, like, through every rewrite, you might have like a handful of changes, but mm -hmm. from first to final script, there's a it becomes a pretty huge amount. Yeah. And having said that too, like with the amount of rewriting we've done, I think you can kind of get a feel for when we said the Teeth's some of his writing in the first draft is still in there. That is remarkable. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It was so good it avoided the axe five times. <laughs> that's the goal. Yeah, and that's awesome. That's super awesome. Um, but yeah, don't be precious about it. If you know there's something that's gold you just know when you keep it in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the that's how it should be, I think. Mm -hmm. Because anything that I wrote that isn't in the script now, mm -hmm. I can't even remember. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so totally. It's probably not worth being in there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but everything that was good enough is still there, so. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, how do you feel about, about the amount of drafts we're going to do? Because it's really heavily looking like I'm going to finish this fifth draft this week, and then we'll do a sixth, and... That's it. We're done. It's shooting time. What would you say to people that are going to make a movie? Um, obviously, every movie is different. Like, you hear some movies will go through, you know, 70 drafts and crazy shit. Or, or like, I really enjoyed the movie Hell or High Water last year. Mm -hmm. That was the first draft. Yeah. Like, it varies a lot. But what would you tell a micro-budget filmmaker? Like, if he was like, how many drafts should I do? What would you say? Uh, it stems from knowing how... Knowing yourself as a writer, mm -hmm. I, and it, <laughs> your self-talk has a huge effect on that. If if you're writing your first thing ever, and you're like, I'm fucking amazing, <laughs> you're probably not amazing. Yeah. But if you're writing your first thing, and you're like, it's fucking good, but I don't know, it's tough, mm -hmm. then do a couple of rewrites, and it'll, yeah. it'll start to get there. Um, it, it depends on how, how you approach it as a writer. And I think, like, down to every question, it's, like, for me, like, to, at the core, it's always just going to be about knowing yourself. Yeah. And, and being able to, like, really look in the mirror and speak to yourself honestly. Uh, so... If, you mean in a sense of, does this scene belong in this movie? Like, a very hard answer. Yeah. And, and that's a good thing, too. Like, don't think if you're deleting a scene, it's because you're not good enough as a writer. If anything, it means you're good enough to realize that isn't in there, and you're going to make something good enough to make you a good writer. Good writers know when they suck. Yeah. But yeah. good writers also know when they're good. Mm -hmm. But bad writers think they're always good. Yeah. That's the problem, I think. Mm -hmm. So it's really about knowing, like, shit, like, this scene is great, but it just doesn't work. Yeah. And sometimes you have to ax it. Yeah. Um, and and really like having that that group of or not even group it could just be a person which like in our case a lot of time it is mm -hmm. where we'll do some writing and you'll be like hey, what do you think of this and we'll talk about it yeah um, so having someone you can really trust with an opinion you yeah. go to them uh, is useful like I, I recommend when you do a micro budget and you do like a, a first draft of a script give it to someone and tell them to be as oh, honest yeah. 
as honest as they can be. Yeah, and that's something I feel like too. Like there's some people where you'll give them a script and like, I'll be honest. And then they kind of don't have the backbone and no matter what it is to be like, it was really good. I really liked it. (laughs) You got to find someone that's going to be like, you know, they're not going to shit on you, but they're going to be like, here's your faults. Here's your strengths. Yeah. And you have to be self-aware enough to know that if there is criticisms, it's coming from a place where they genuinely just want to see this movie better and they think you can do better. And it can hurt sometimes. Like, um, I didn't feel it so much on this project when mm. people said, I don't like this, I don't like that. Yeah. And my first two drafts, I remember the moments I liked in each of those were the moments people liked the least. Mm. And it was like, well, everyone hates this. I like it, but it's out of here. Yeah. It's what you got to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just brace yourself for the fact that not everyone's going to love it, especially if it's first draft. But don't worry, with your resulting drafts, people like it more and more, mm-hmm. and then you'll get to a point where like, I don't have any notes, this is really good, you should film this. Yeah. And, you know, I remember I gave our first draft to our lead actor, and I was like, what do you think? And he's like, I think it's okay for a first draft. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And I remember thinking, having this moment where I thought, I actually like that he said it's okay yeah. I like perked up and I was like oh my god I'm gonna get some useful feedback here this is awesome right. where if everyone was like oh it's really really good I would've been like fucking Christ these people aren't telling me the truth god damn it <laughs> that's the weird thing because I'm, I'm working on this short film um, with an actor and he's the one I've been really going yeah. back and forth with and after the first draft he was like dude this is so tight it's, it's mm-hmm. crazy and I was like I felt good, but I was also like, but fuck, like, <laughs> what do I change? <laughs> so, like, it's having, it's having a good feedback loop where it isn't useless. Yeah. You should, uh, but it, it was also good because he's going to act in the film. Mm-hmm. So I think he was kind of being genuine because he'd have to do it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> if he was like, this is kind of whack, I don't want to do it, then I'd be like, uh-oh. <laughs> Because he's seeing himself in the character. Yeah. Um, so that's why it's good to have your actors involved in the writing process. Yeah, definitely. Because if they're going to do it, they're going to give you their honest feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I know I said this on the writing version, or writing episode of Party Stories, but actors are very intuitive with this stuff. Don't keep them out of the loop. I think some people, writers especially, have the mentality of like, they're actors. What do they know? And it's like, the thing is, they know everything. <laughs> they know how to bring this to life. Like, if you have actors, and especially actors you trust, give it to them and really, really take in their feedback. Because, you know, at the end of the day, like, like you said, they're going to act in this. They're trying to make this the best that they can do. Yeah. They're on your side. Use them. Yeah. Well, usually they're on your side. Yeah. Yeah, every now and then. Yeah, um, like we're still two drafts away from the final version. Yeah, almost one draft. Like, I think I'm going to have this fifth one done. Pretty soon. Real, real soon. Yeah, yeah. so like even then, like closer to the final draft, the notes get like smaller and smaller, but also more focused. Like, yeah. We need, we need a big scene here. Or not a big scene, but we need like an important moment mm-hmm. somewhere in the film. But also the notes become more like, I'll oh, just get rid of those two words. Yeah. In, like, dialogue, which is such a small note, but yeah, like we focus on things like that closer to the end of the... Yeah, definitely. I writing. think that's how you know you're doing a good job with the rewrites, too. If you give your first draft to people and you get 10 pages of notes, 
that's a good thing. You incorporate those notes and like, you don't have to do every single one. It's your vision. You write to what you think is best, but some of those are going to be good ideas. And then you do your next draft and you get eight pages of notes. You do another draft, you get five pages, you do another draft and it's like, oh, I only have one page left of notes. And at that point, everyone that's reading it's like, yeah, you know, it's really getting there. I think this is pretty close to filming. Yeah. Um, and that's a good thing. That's what you're aiming for. Yeah. Um, so let's take a little second to talk about about where we are in the process right now. So barring this fifth draft being done, which we will say it is just for the sake of this, yeah. we're going to have one draft left before we shoot. Mm-hmm. So what advice would you give to people in this circumstance? Because we're like right now we're feeling a time crunch. I know we're taking away from movies by doing a podcast right now, but we got time for that. Um, No, we don't. Turn it off. (laughs) Oh my God, we don't. (laughs) Punch the mic. So yeah, well, I've told everyone, you know, I'm going to send you another draft in a week. Then we get one more rewrite. That's it. You know, you're going to rewrite it on set a little bit. Sure, it's going to happen. But what would you tell people? You're on the doorstep of filming. You're on your last draft. What's important right now? What should you focus on? Yeah, just start, not start editing because you haven't shot it, but I mean start editing in terms of the script, like start mm-hmm. cutting things away. Um, Which you should be doing already too. Yeah, I think you just take a look at every moment and, then, and just cut away any fat that doesn't need to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, think about how you can start halfway into a scene rather than at the beginning of a scene. Yeah. Because I think that's an interesting way to go into into a moment. Mm-hmm. It, it leads with some questions, and it's already kind of into the action. Yeah. Uh, and uh, removing any scenes that just don't feel like they are doing anything, like and a guy walking from a car to a building. Like, Does that need to be there? Yeah. It's yeah. Like, what the hell is the reason for that? Just start in the room, maybe. Yeah. Um, so little things like that, and... and uh, one thing for sure is looking at if there's uh, like funny moments or comedic uh, intended moments in the mm. film Make really sure ask yourself if those are funny or you just like the idea of it yeah and you'll yeah, know with it, and that's why you should have a table read you'll know if it's funny yeah if, it's amazing the things that pop out during a table read yeah yeah like if if everyone's like that's pretty funny then it's funny mm-hmm. but if no one laughs and you just kind of go past it and you don't like note that then during shooting it's not going to land as well yeah and uh like i'm a big fan of table reads to the point where with party stories we did one we only did one right yeah yeah and with this movie we've already done two Mm -hmm. so you know we're going to do a third one before we shoot and the amount that you learn during table reads is like if it came to a point where it's like i had to pay to do a table read or save the money and just use it in production i would pay for it you learn so much you learn where people laugh you learn where there's lulls you learn what words don't sound good coming out of what actor's mouth uh for instance one of the girls in this movie is french that's her first language so a few of the things that i had written um would be fine if you know latif said them yeah but when you get a girl that's first language French, they don't sound quite right, so you have to write to their voice and like fine-tune it to them. Yeah. Um, yeah, table reads. Huge, huge advocate. Yeah, sorry, like picking all it back to the like things you should do before mm-hmm. you're done. Yeah, yeah. Um, look at all the moments that are intended to be funny, be be honest with yourself, and get rid of them if they're not funny, or, or work with them and try to 
see if they are working. Because mm-hmm. like it's it's not gonna be like someone's gonna read the moment in the script and be like ha ha ha, that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. You'll you'll see a grin on their face or something, and mm-hmm. and you get the idea that they think it's kind of humorous. Yeah. Because uh, comedy is not easy, mm-hmm. and sometimes you don't know until you put it in front of someone who's never seen it. Yeah. Like you really need to to get someone who isn't close to the film to, to gauge whether it's funny or not. Because yeah. even something that's funny in writing, after 30 times you're like, fuck this moment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> even when it is funny. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, one thing I'm doing with this fifth draft is I think at this point you're making a micro-budget feature, it's really important to start looking at things practically. I think up until this point you've kind of been writing shooting for the stars like it'd be great to have this scene it'd be great to have that and you're just writing to service the story make the best story possible which is what you should be doing I'm not saying don't do that but I'm saying once you get to you know a couple months out at that point you should be locking down your locations Um, you should be starting to look at things from a very practical standpoint and that should come down to your writing too so I took a look at our locations for our movie in the fourth draft and we had 22 locations we're planning on shooting this in 10 days 22 is way too much yeah so came to a point where it's like we're not gonna be able to shoot 22 locations in 10 days guess we're cutting down on some locations and up to writing at that point it's really great like i said you can shoot it for the stars and that's fantastic you should be doing it but if you have that many locations odds are you can transplant at least a couple of them into other locations and you're not going to lose anything if anything you're going to gain something i'm a big fan of using restrictions and once you do that your material oddly gets stronger it seems like it wouldn't but it really really does so for this last uh this fifth draft here i've cut out six locations we're down to 16 right yeah we're down to 16 and even in those 16 like we had a couple where we found a location at a restaurant. We, in the script, we have a restaurant, a bar, and a pub. Yeah. And we found this restaurant that can work for all three of those. So right there, we axed another three locations yeah. into one. Um, we had we have a scene that takes place on a beach, and then a scene later in the script that takes place on a separate beach. And we started talking about it. It's like, we got to cut some locations. How would it work story-wise if we put it on the same beach? And then, you know, we started flirting with that idea. So start thinking of things very practically because you're going to have to go out there and shoot this. Mm -hmm. You know, you're making this feature. You need to start looking at what you can realistically accomplish. And I think that's a really good thing to start doing around this point. Um, You know what you can do. If you have any doubt, like if you're ever saying, oh, we can do four locations in a day, right? No, you can't. I would say try and cap it at two. Yeah. Like, if you have three, but geographically they're all really close to each other, they're all quick setups, they're all quick scenes, then you can probably pull that off. But try and keep it at one or two. Uh, You'll thank yourself for it in the long run. Um, Anything that you're going to have to travel further for and are more complicated setups, probably going to be a full day. Um, So just kind of keep these things in mind when you're in these later drafts. I wouldn't recommend doing it in your first draft because it's going to be too overwhelming it's too much to think of just write your perfect story in the first couple drafts um, yeah and then start trimming from there yeah and, and that's like more of a reality for micro budget filmmaking oh yeah big time uh, near the end close to production you have to start getting very practical with the writing mm-hmm. and, and thinking about logistically what you can and can't do whereas when you're traditionally making films 
in, in the studio method mm-hmm. you don't have to worry too much about like what you can and can't obviously it does come up yeah but you can be a little more liberal with yeah. the choices you make you got 30 million bucks <laughs> sky's kind of the limit yeah for micro budget filmmakers like 30 million I could make 300 films <laughs> yeah we had someone message us the other day and they were like uh, we wa- we'd like to collaborate with you in this way um Here's the movie we did last. We only had eighty thousand dollars to shoot it, and Latif and I were both like, "I would love to be in your shoes." Eighty grand sounds amazing. <laughs> to make a film. Yeah, and even on that note, like I went to that film panel yeah. uh, back in March, and uh, it was how to sell your movie. The, the like CEO of Magnolia Pictures were there, so like some some higher people. And uh, Q&A time came around, so I stood up and I was like, what practical advice would you give to a filmmaker going out to make a micro-budget feature? And I'll never forget this. First thing the guy says, one of the guys up there, he's like, well, if you're only spending $100,000 on a movie, and I was like, oh, 100 grand, that would be amazing. And I wanted to be like, take two zeros off. What <laughs> advice would you give then? <laughs> yeah, that's the funny thing, because when... When people are like, oh, I made a micro-budget feature, mm-hmm. and there's like a, if there's more than, uh, was it, if there's more than three zeros, yeah, actually, no, no not three zeros, because no, that'd be a hundred bucks, five zeros, five zeros, if there's more than five zeros, then mm-hmm. you're an indie film, but you're not, yeah, if you're low budget. budget, but, you know, if you're making a film for about, if you're making a film for about, like, what a car costs, that's pretty micro-budget, yeah, 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 I'd say so. Depending on the car, but yeah. And in our case, we're making a movie for what a car used car with three wheels costs. <laughs> yeah, which are pretty cool. Pretty cool cars, still. Yeah. 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 yeah super excited for Space Turtle. This is gonna be a good movie. Yeah, fucking Space Turtles. All about relationships and jail. Jail, space turtles, relationships, single turtle mo- mothers who kill their single turtle sons. Half turtle sons. Half turtle, sorry. And the half turtle comes back at the end, but he has a new shell. Yeah, and his single turtle turtle mother escapes from minimum security prison. <laughs> sorry, minimum security space prison. <laughs> yeah, I'm picturing like the Koopa King came from Mario right now. And the son being like Ninja Turtle. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be sweet. The one with the stick. Can't remember all their names. Well, I know their names, I just don't know which one is associated with which. I'm going with Leonardo. Which turtle do you think has the, the stick as the weapon? That's Le- Leonardo. Is no, it? no, no, that's, that's uh, uh, Donatello. Donatello? Alright, let's see who's right. He's a, yeah, Donatello has the purple, the purple thing. Yeah, it's the purple one. Yeah, he's my favorite one. Yeah, he's totally awesome. Yeah, so Donatello is the son of the single Koopa mother space mom basically we would like to announce that we're making a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie in space okay so Leonardo is the one with the katanas Michelangelo he's the orange yep one. he's orange he's got the nunchucks Donatello purple mask and the bow staff yep yep and Raphael's the one with the red and the little uh, garden knives garden knives they look like the little things you used to dig in the garden yeah 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 i guess so i guess so. Yeah, my, my, my mom's a florist so i see them around the house i'm like whoa didn't know you were a ninja turtle <laughs> yeah um yeah so we're yeah space turtles space turtles in space is what it's actually called so we're mm-hmm. working on space turtles in space it's like orange is the new black but with turtles 
in space. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we're still trying to figure out the twist ending where it turns out they're all just normal turtles in a fishbowl. Well, like you just gave it away, man. No, but that's like one of the endings. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be like Wayne's World where we just have like all the endings in a row. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so watch out for that one coming out in seven years. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to shoot it's, this summer and edit. It's a pretty first. huge budget, so I'll have to prostitute myself quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So excited for that. What, the movie or me prostituting myself? That, that. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. And we're, we're like, trying to attach Gene Hackman to this. Yeah. He's going to play the mom. Yeah, now he's playing everyone. Oh, is he? It's like a Norbert situation. Oh, that'd be sweet. <laughs> I thought he was just playing the single mother uh, mom. Yeah, well, I mean, he's not going to change his voice when he plays with females. That would be the best part, arguably. Oh, so it just sounds like Gene Hackman all For the every time. character. Got it. I don't even know if we're going to make him look different. No, we should just make him look like him. That's sweet. Gene Hackman is everyone. <laughs> and Space Turtles in Space. <laughs> Starring Gene Hackman. All right, but yeah, this has been Filmcraft, the second episode of... The new movie, which we will not announce the title of yet. Space this is, uh, in space. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously. And this has been Pitching and Writing. Yeah, and also this podcast is brought to you by Pippa. Pippa.io. It's a podcast hosting service. Very, very affordable. It's where we host all of our episodes. They, uh, You can host unlimited episodes with them. There's no you know, megabyte limit on like SoundCloud, which, yeah, I don't like very much. But yeah, they're, they're great. They host everything. They're really, really friendly people. We've never had a problem with them, but you know, if we did, I sh- I'm sure they would have it sorted out right away. Yeah. Um, they give you free transcripts, which is pretty sweet, and they have a little sniper tool where you can go on and make 5 to second 20 like sound gifts of your favorite parts of your episodes. Yeah, it's pippa.io. Yeah. Yeah, and if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm Matt Ralston Film. You can find the podcast on Twitter, which I think is Film Craft Podcast. I don't know, I don't go on it that much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and what are, do you know what your Twitter handle is? It's Latif underscore, either it's a U or the letter number eight. Mm-hmm. But for sure on Instagram, it's Latif underscore eight. Yeah. And uh, we're going we're gonna to try to throw up a little Instagram thing for the podcast and have a little yeah, yeah. audio bites and stuff like that soon, too. Yeah. You follow us on Facebook, but Facebook sucks and no one likes it. But yeah, we're on all the socials. Yeah. Message us if you need anything. Talk to you soon. Be careful.